Welcome to Core 242 Podcast, brought to you by Core Community Covenant Church. Now let's dive into the Word of God with Pastor Max and Pastor Trish. God bless you and thank you for joining us once again as we dive into the teaching on Beatitudes. Uh, we have gone through, blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will com- be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And today we're going to dive into Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. It is, as we prepare for this thing, something in me kept on welling up about this. Uh, I think we, we at the beginning we told you guys that these Beatitudes work on one and another. Again, the first one was hum- we found humility in being poor in spirit. And then we found repentance in the in the place of mourning then we talked about um surrendering when we talked to meek and now we're getting to places of hunger and thirst when we now need to be filled we need to figure out a way to be filled to to be satisfied to to be filled to to do what god wants from us to live the life that god wants us to live uh, and when we look at this, we need to realize, again, just like last week when we talked about being, being meek and having power, that we have power in the Holy Spirit, but we also have power in our flesh, that we have the power of um, choosing of what we think is right, right from wrong. We have our, um, that's our big power. So here, once again, Jesus points out what we should choose what we should hunger for. He says that we should hunger for, for, for right, hunger and thirst for righteousness. So we're, in this teaching today, we're going to see what does that look like to hunger and thirst for righteousness? What does it look like to choose righteousness above all else? And what is the goal that comes from it and why it's so important? So once again, for those who have, this is the first time hearing, uh, listening to our teaching on Beatitudes, uh, the first word there is that we want to look at is blessed, right? There's four things that we're going to look at today. We're going to look at the word blessed. Just quickly look over that. Uh, we did, went deeply into blessed when we covered the first Beatitudes uh, of core and spirit. So if you would like, you can go to that teaching and listen more deeply, understanding what blessed means. But we want to jump into uh, what the other topics for today, but blessed, uh, Pastor Trisha is going to kind of dive more into blessed. So the word there for blessed, again, there's no verb in any of these uh, phrases. So it's meant for a past, present and future implication. It's the word blessed is in some commentaries say it should be translated. Oh, happy is the one who mourns. Oh, happy is the one who hungers and thirsts. Um, others have even said it should say something like congratulations because the phrase rings in your ears with such an awkward tone. It's poetic in nature. It's an uh, it's in some ways a manifesto of a, a coming kingdom. And so when Christ says these things, he's speaking with an authority that comes from God. Uh, it even says at the end of the Sermon on the Mount that the people were in awe because he taught with authority, not as the teachers of the law would do. Um, so in other words, he's teaching with the authority that came from his heavenly father from above, 
directly with the same authority that God used to speak um, all of creation into yeah. existence. And here he's speaking the kingdom right side up. We know that we live in a world that's upside down where right is wrong and good is bad and uh, everything is, is on its head because of sin, because of the curse, because of the fall of man. And here through Christ's life, not just through his death and resurrection, but through his very life, through all that he did, his very activity on earth, through his birth, through his ministry, uh, through the words that he spoke, he is actively claiming the kingdom of God is near. Repent for the kingdom of God is near. He's ushering in his kingdom and he's turning things right side up. He's making things right side up. And in this case, he's saying those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be satisfied. Those who crave justice will find justice. Uh, you know, there's that that saying, what you crave for the White Castle, isn't it? The, mm -hmm what you crave. And we all understand what it's like when we have a craving for something. Many of us don't understand true, true hunger, although mm -hmm. there are people around the world who are wrestling with this every day, um, even in our own neighborhoods. But we don't regularly, what we experience as hunger is not true hunger pains. But we do understand everyone at some point has experienced that sense of where you're craving something and it's something very specific and nothing else will satisfy and somewhere around midnight or 1am. Exactly. And so having that understanding of when you have something in your mind that you want and nothing else will do nothing else you can try. Um, you can have other things, but they just will leave you feeling empty. And until you're able to satisfy that craving, um, you will be left unsatisfied. And that's what the picture is here. Um, in this beatitude that we are craving righteousness. We are craving God's justice uh, and nothing else will satisfy. We have the singular focus, singular mindset that we want the righteousness of God in our lives. Yeah. So thank you. I appreciate it. I know it's beginning, beginning repetitive for you. You just got four more to go, uh, <laughs> but we're okay with that. Absolutely. Okay with that. Um, so, the next thing that we want to focus on, again, I told you we we're going to look at four topics, blessed, hunger and thirst, righteousness and satisfied or be filled. Um, so the next thing we want to look at is hunger and thirst. And Trish started talking about that a little bit. A lot of us don't know what hunger means. At least um, it's, it's not a normal thing for us, no hunger. Like we have sometimes like, oh, my stomach is turning a little bit. Oh, I feel hunger. Sometimes the stomach starts to talk and everything else. But the, the true hunger, um, it goes so much beyond that. The, the pain that comes from true hunger, the, the want for something in our stomach, it's, it's so much more. Uh, for those of you who have fasted, and some of you have fasted just lunch, and some of you have fasted just 24 hours or 48 hours, and some of you I know out there has done seven, seven days and weeks and a month and some of you might have even done the 40 day fast you guys probably have experienced um those hunger pains not in your stomach but in your throat where it's just it's there's there's it's like it's choking you. yeah yeah absolutely and you just need you need that nutrition you need that energy our body needs that energy cal calories. I know calories is, is a bad word for us, but calories, all it is, is just energy for our body. And we don't, when we don't have 
food in our system. We have no energy. That's why we start <laughs> slowing down as we, as we go further and further into hunger. And this is what we want to focus on uh, first is this hunger and thirst, this want and need for God. That's, that's where we've got to look at. It's just painful desire. We sometimes get to a point, we need to get to that point that all we want is God. The problem is, is that too many times all we want is what this world gives. And we want what God wants. And perfectly, I, I know, I think what Jesus started teaching this because of what he experienced before. We, we're going to dive into and stay in a while in the chapter four previous from the attitudes where Jesus being tempted in the desert where he is fasting. Um, because I think that really shows us what is, of course, Jesus shows us what is a righteous life and what is our expectation, how we should live our life um, as Christians. So we want to dive into uh, chapter four. We're going to stay here for a while and see what is Satan tempts them with what he tempts them and how it, it's totally what the world has given us and what we hunger in the world and how Jesus responds to it and what he focuses on. So the, that's going to be our very important point for us before we dive into even righteousness, just understanding this, this feeling of hunger and thirst. So we're in chapter four. We're going to start at one. And I'm just going to read Matthew. through. I'm sorry, Matthew chapter four. I'm going to read from one to 11, and then we're going to break this down. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Again, this is right up. Jesus got baptized. Now he's being led by the spirit. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. So he felt hunger. He, just right there, and hopefully it's okay that I pause here. He wasn't supernaturally just didn't want to eat. He felt hunger. He just, he spent his past 40 days and 40 nights not eating. He felt hunger. So it's not like he's walking around like, oh, this is a piece of cake. He's experiencing pain. He's experiencing. He did. He'd be tempted. He'd be, he'd be <laughs> tempted to eat the piece of cake. Um, so he, he's feeling this hunger. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Of course, perfect. He knows what to tempt you. He knows exactly what to tempt you. What's your desire? What he knew that Jesus was hungry. He knew he was hungry. So he tempts him with food. He tempts him with what he, he needs. That, that's kind of, and we, we need to take that further then because sometimes we, we don't look to God, but look to the world because we want to use excuses of like, well, you don't know what I'm going through. You know, this is, if I just lie on this application, I'll get a raise or I'll get this job because you know, you know, you don't know what I'm going through. I need this job. And no, the devil knows exactly what you're going through and he's going to tempt you with exactly what you need. Anyways, Jesus answered him, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And again, he's quoting out of Deuteronomy. This is, this is Deuteronomy 8.3. He, he took the focus of this worldly need of food. It's very simple. He was hungry. He tempted him with food. And he re reminded 
the tempter, the Satan, and reminded himself that only all he needs is the word from the word of God. We talked about it last time that the only power that we have is in God's name. That that's the power that we have. So this is the word of God that he's going to hold on to. That's what's going to feed him. That's what's going to sustain him. And this is a picture of he was hungry in his physical being, in his physical flesh. He wanted food. But when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, what it means is that we don't ignore our physical needs, but we we desire the spiritual food more. That we fast because we desire intimacy with God more than we desire um, physical comfort. We pursue God's word and we read God's word. We crave um, our quiet time with God. We crave that intimacy with God in prayer um, more than we desire uh, our worldly needs. And that's what it looks like to hunger for righteousness. Not that we don't have worldly needs, but that our hunger and our desire for the spiritual is greater than what our physical needs would demand. Yeah, and just to kind of pause, I should, I should have said it earlier, uh, as soon as I started reading this, again, Jesus was led by the Spirit. So those of you who are questioning about um, some things that God is leading you, may, maybe to fast, 40-day fast or a day fast or whatever, or quit your job or start a new ministry, everything else, all those things, because you're like, man, I'm going to have to sacrifice all these things, things that are in my world, but I'll put the worldly stuff away so that way I can give everything to God. Make sure that you're led by the Spirit, not by your emotion. Jesus didn't choose to go hungry for 40 days in the desert. It was a supernaturally sustained fast. A 40-day fast is a, is a dangerous. Very dangerous. And can only be sustained if the Holy Spirit leads you to do so. And you do so under a doctor's supervision and you take certain precautions and you know what you're doing. So we wouldn't advise that. We always give caution when we look at this text yeah. because some people, it's not that God can't do it. But it's the reason why it's in scripture is because it's a supernatural experience that not the average person is able to undertake. Yeah. And not only that, but we have to realize that whether you undergo a fast for a day or for a week or for a month, uh, you are open to spiritual attack. I mean, the spiritual warfare around when you fast uh, intensifies. And that's not something that people talk about very often. But when when you deny yourself your physical, you are confronting things in the spiritual mm -hmm. realm mm -hmm. and you need to be prepared for what you would answer. So you can't do these things unless you've been led by the Holy Spirit. Um, there's an old saying that is um, you don't you don't pray because you have need. You have needs so that you would pray. And what that means is that God allows us to have a need because it's a test for us. Will we fill that need through things of this world or will we turn to God and come to him humbly? Um, so he allows us to have need because if we didn't have need, we wouldn't realize we, we need him. And when we fast those hunger pains and those, and I know the text today is not talking about physical hunger, but this, the scripture in Matthew four is ties both the hunger for righteousness with physical hunger. So mm -hmm. there, there's an overlap. But when we have a need, especially something as fundamental as hunger or thirst, uh, that that pretty much takes up your mind. When you're feeling hungry, 
you can't think about just about anything else. You can't work, you can't function yeah. until you satisfy that need. And to be able to really understand how that should look in the spiritual realm, it's helpful to look at something like fasting or physical hunger um, to make that parallel so that we can understand how desperately we should be seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that word desperate. We, we got to be desperate for God. And I think that's why Jesus used hungry and thirst. It's, it's that desperation. It's our, it should be our basic need. Righteousness should be our basic need. So next one, then the devil took him to the holy city, that's verse five, and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And mind you, again, this is, this is the devil quoting Psalm 91 to Jesus. So just kind of, kind of a little the devil, knows scripture. The devil knows scripture so sometimes it's yeah not gonna get into he it. misuses it he misuses it and jesus answered him it also written do not put the lord your god to the test right here what what i'm what i'm seeing in this that devils try to tempt him with a position with pride with oh you're definitely got to be special you got to be so special to god that you can do whatever you want and he will save you and that's what the world get, um, tempts us with, with these positions, with, with these honorary position, with class positions, with all these things that we desire. And Jesus reminds them again out of Deuteronomy chapter 6 that we don't need to test God. We don't need to come before him and like, am I better in this position? Do you love me more in this position? Do I need to? No, it's, that's not what he desires from us. That's not what we should do. The last one, verse 8. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him. And angels came and attended him. Right. And so you see these three things that Jesus was hungry. And because of the need that he had, Satan was able to tempt him with his physical desires and cravings, but also his emotional desire for power and for freedom. And, and lastly, with his need for, for spiritual comfort. Um, he, he attacks him physically, emotionally, and spiritually in ways of things that we would desire and jesus withstands that test and ultimately the devil resists the devil and he flees right mm -hmm. and the angels come and attended him and so he was satisfied his fast was completed and the lord ministered to him and he was satisfied so if we hunger and thirst for righteousness we will be satisfied once we have withstood the test yeah it's the focus what, what are we hungering what what is our main desire or is our main desire as christians to know god more or is our main desire to get more things out of this world we, we've talked talked about this many times jesus talks about we got to seek righteousness we got to see what god has for us in john chapter 4 when he when jesus is talking to the woman at the well he says this amazing thing that really 
speaks speaks to us about this. It says, everyone, and this is chapter 4, verse 13, everyone who drinks the water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give, give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. There's more to, to what God gives than what the world gives. Well, what the world gives us is going to fade away. What the world gives is not going to fully satisfy us. But the water, in here Jesus talks about the water that he gives, we will never thirst no more, thirst again. And then when, he, when his disciples come back with food and they're like, oh, you want food? We got, you're hungry. I know you're hungry. You want some food? At verse 34, same chapter, he says, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. That is his food. That should be our food. It's not the desire for bread and water, but his Holy Spirit that gives us hope of eternal life and to do the Father's work. That's our should be our desire. That should be when that hunger that for some of you again, going back, this is not a fasting uh, teaching, but it's kind of became one. But when you are fasting and you the hunger starts to come out, I, I love Trish one day she was preaching and she said that what you what you're fasting for should be the main thing that a pork chop should not be should not overcast of what you're fasting for. You might be fasting for somebody's deliverance or you're fasting for somebody to be healed and all of a sudden the stomach rumbles and you're like, oh man, but that pork chop smells good. Oh, that burger smells good. What is more important to you? We need to put God first. We need to hunger for him first. We have to hunger for him more and thirst for him more than what this world gives. That is an important part of this. This is why he's talked, why he used this hunger and thirst. Even on a daily basis, you know, we get up in the morning and we have hunger cues and mm -hmm. some people may crave their coffee or they may crave that bagel in the morning or whatever. Then lunchtime comes. I mean, I know people who live on a religious clock when it comes to food, but do we have that same clock, that same internal mechanism that reminds us to pray, that reminds us to get into his word? Or do we look at that as something like, oh, I forgot to read my Bible or, oh, I forgot to yeah. do my devotion today. And it's something to check off, like like eating our, our veggies that we don't want to eat. It should be the, the righteous person who is seeking God and his righteousness. And, and righteousness means right relationship, a right relationship mm -hmm. with God and a right relationship with others. If your relationship is in the right place, meaning your focus is on uh, growing closer to God, intimacy with God, that you're in a, hum a posture of humility, like we learned in these Beatitudes, a humble a posture of repentance and surrender, uh, as we've been studying, that you come to God with such a posture, you will have a hunger. You will start to crave the things that are good for you. You won't be craving those burgers. You'll be craving the bread that comes from heaven, which is the word of God. You'll be craving that time with him. Um, the things that, and, and so often 
you know, Christians nowadays, we go from place to place because we're seeking spiritual food that is uh, what sounds good to us, right? The things that make us feel good. And it's junk food. It's spiritual junk food. But we should be hungering and thirsting for the things that will nourish our soul. Things that maybe don't feel that great or taste that great, that, but taste and see that the Lord is good, mm-hmm. that he's, he is what we need. He's what satisfies us, what nurtures us, not empty calories, but the, the meat and the milk and the potatoes and all the good things that we need to be spiritually healthy. We shouldn't be jumping from place to place, listening to prosperity gospels and, and self-help programs that, that tell us the things that we want to hear. We have to hear hard truths that challenge us and make us question, do I have the right posture before God? Or have I just started a religious checklist? Ooh. Has my heart grown cold towards God? Mm. Or do I crave my, my quiet time, my intimacy with him as a privilege and as an honor um, where I can't wait to have that quiet time because the rest of my day just seems meaningless without him? Do I crave that time on my knees or that time with my hands lifted in worship? Or is it something that I dread because I have 50 other things that I'm stressed out about that I feel need my attention more? And these are the kinds of things that that we need to be reminded um, to truly hear his word and to test whether or not are we hungering for that righteous life. And again, righteousness is not just that you check a religious checklist and that you're some sort of super holy. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, and, and actually the next chapter, he says, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. This is Matthew uh, chapter five, verse 20. And the reason is because the Pharisees were wrapped up on religious ritual, on what you could eat and what you couldn't eat, on hand washing, on tithing a certain amount, on on all of these rituals and things. They were tied up in the law and they were not worried about the causes of justice. The, you know, true fasting is this, right? It's looking after the orphan and widow in their distress is true religion. We, we should be looking after causes of justice, uh, causes that break God's heart. Those are the things that should be important to us rather than focusing our time and our energy and our efforts on chasing after the things of this world that would lead us to a health and wealth and prosperity type of gospel. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought it up, this Isaiah 58. It talks about, is this not kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? It is not to share your food with the hungry and to provide provide uh, shelter for the wanderers. When you see the naked, to close them, not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. This is what we're looking for. we got to find justice. That righteousness and justice, they go hand in hand. That's what we're seeking for. We want to have that desire to do those things. It's just not enough to say that, well, I believe in Jesus. He wants more for us, not from us, for us. He, he says in John chapter 6, verse 35, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. He wants to satisfy, satisfy that hunger and thirst for us. He wants us to walk with him. He says, follow me. So we look at his life and see what he does. And that's what he did. He he released the prisoners. He fed the hungry. He gave water to the thirsty. 
he satisfied those needs. We need to crave that. We want to go after that. We need to seek, seek him each and every day. We want to have that desire, just like when you, I love what you said. Sometimes people wake up and they need that coffee and they need that sandwich. I know every morning I wake up, I eat that little egg sandwich. And if I don't, I'm going to be grumpy by 10 o'clock. There, there's this thing. Well, I, that's how it should be. If I, if I miss the time of seeking his face, my spirit is, is off. There's something off. If I'm not, if I didn't read my scripture for the day, if I didn't get into the word of God, if I didn't get to uh, experience a little bit of him, I missed out. I missed out and I should have that earnestly, but, but we have that with so many other things, right? We, we, I, I love Second uh, Timothy 3.16. What does the word do for us? All scriptures God breathed and useful for what? For teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. How are we going to try to live our life a righteous way if we don't look into the scripture? We want to we want to be so excited about it. Verse 17 says, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. How are we going to be ready to do the work that God has for us if we're not in the scripture looking for what righteousness is? This reflects who God is. This reflects what God wants from us and how to do it. But we got to go to this first. We got to go to this first. That's where we meet him. It's got to be that desire. Some, some people, just like with food, some people are like, man, I didn't work out today and I feel off. I didn't play video games today and I feel off. Oh, I missed my show and I feel off. I didn't read today. I didn't worship him today. I didn't lament today. I didn't read the scripture today. I didn't read my devotional today. I didn't just come before God and just in quiet place and surrender to him. That's, that's our breath in our lungs. That's, that's our desire in our lungs. That's what we need. We need to stop putting everything else that's in this world ahead of him. And once we've done that, he wants us righteousness, true righteousness, is right relationship with God, but also right relationship with our neighbor, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so once we've done that with the Lord, where we have that right relationship with him, we've held the mirror of scripture up to our hearts. Mm -hmm. Then the other piece of it, of hungering and thirsting for righteousness, is to look for those places of oppression that are around us, look for those systems of injustice, and to begin to speak out against them, begin to, to cast off the yoke to begin to look after our neighbor in distress, to care for those who are shut in, to care for those who are sick, for those who are bound by sin and injustice. Uh, scripture says in, in Romans 3.10 that there is no one who is righteous, not even one, mm -hmm. no one, no one is righteous. And, and this is impossible with man, but it's possible with God, is said in, in another scripture, in uh, I believe it's actually Matthew chapter 5. Um, Jesus says that. So we have to we have to put ourselves in a posture where we can receive that right spirit. And that's what this beatitude is talking about is it says, congratulations to those who are hungering for justice, for those who want a right relationship with God, who want this world to be made right side up. That's what I started this off with, mm -hmm. was saying 
that Jesus is making things right side up. He's teaching us how to usher in his kingdom and how to flip things into the right way because everything is upside down. He says, congratulations, those who hunger and thirst for justice, for righteousness, for they will be filled because he will put his spirit within us. We'll be filled with his Holy Spirit. You know, Paul, uh, I'm sorry, David in Psalm 51 prays that God renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, but renew a right spirit within me. And that needs to be our prayers. Lord, give me the right spirit because in my flesh, I am not righteous. No matter how hard I try, no matter how many times I read scripture, no matter how many soup kitchens I, I volunteer at, no matter how many good things I do, no matter how many protests I go to or do advocacy work on behalf of the refugee, uh, work for the orphan and the oppressed, those things become meaningless if they're done without love, but they're also meaningless if they're not done through the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what we'll be filled with. We hunger and thirst for a right relationship with God. And he says, I will put my spirit in you because his spirit is aligned with his spirit. So his spirit within us aligns with his spirit. And when he looks at us, we are now his children and his spirit and our spirit have that right relationship. And we then know what he wants us to do because we can't save the world, but we can give that cup of cold water in Jesus name. Mm -hmm. We can seek him on our face every day and say, Lord, what would you have me do today? Who would you have me call? Who would you have me minister to? Where would you have me go? What would you have me say? How can I speak into this broken situation to bring light and love and joy and peace and to be the hands and feet of Christ? That's what it looks like to be filled. So we're, we're hungering for an answer to the oppression. We're hungering for an answer to the injustice. We wanna see God's justice reign and he's saying, I'm sending you. Amen. You're meant to be my Amen. ambassador. Amen. You're meant to be the very one because he will fill us with his spirit. And we become the hands and feet that help to bring justice and righteousness to the ends of the earth. Amen. It's that last word, being satisfied. And Trish has said it over and over again. It's just being filled by his spirit, being filled. We've got to recognize this. Nothing. Nothing will satisfy us but his spirit. From the day we were created in the garden, God breathed that spirit in us. And that's what keeps us alive. That's what made us alive. So we need to seek his righteousness. Because that's the only thing that's going to satisfy us because that's our lifeline. That's our lifeline. As God breathed into Adam and gave him life, that's the only thing that's going to satisfy us. Nothing else does this world can give us would satisfy us. Anything else that we do and we put before God, we just put it, making them idols before the Lord. And he will reject that. And we, and we will be kept accountable for that. If there's anything that we put before God. And there may be people who are listening who are, you know, social justice warriors, people who just have a passion for seeing things made right in this world. And 
I applaud all of that effort, but ultimately, apart from the, the leading and guidance of the Holy Spirit, we just create new systems of injustice. We create new broken uh, red tape. We create new systems of oppression. And the only way that we can do really truly do good and make a difference in this world is if we are filled with the Holy Spirit, which is what this beatitude promises. And if you go back, you know, we talked about the temptation of Jesus and his fasting, but in chapter three of Matthew, uh, John the Baptist says that Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And then Jesus comes to be baptized and he says, it is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. So in other words, Jesus was baptized and after his baptism, he is filled with the Holy Spirit. So you may be listening to this and say, I don't know if I have the Holy Spirit. I don't know if I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, the first step is to go and get baptized, to say that you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior and, and to invite him into your life. And when you are baptized, you go under the water. The old self has died. The new self has risen. And guess what? When you're dead, you don't hunger and thirst for anything. Hmm. But when you come to new life, your cravings will be different. Your desire will be different. The things that you are drawn to the things that the world used to have a pull on you will slowly begin to lose their grip and the things of heaven will begin to draw you close. And so once you've been baptized, you know, find a local congregation where you can learn more about the practice of baptism and, and go through that. And then pray that the Lord would fill you with his Holy Spirit, uh, because that desire for justice is something that God has given you. It is a gift that God has given you, a passion that God has given you because you've been made in his image and you are uh, you are his son and his daughter that he is looking uh, to use in this world. But your efforts will be in vain if you do it apart from his Holy Spirit. So seek him first and all these other things will be added to you. Amen. Amen. Seek his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Amen. And I just want to finish with Second uh, Corinthians. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And again, because all of our efforts towards righteousness, they, they just burn in the flames. Um, the more that we strive to do good, the more we actually unravel things, uh, the more we try to fix our families and our communities. So often we just see that it's, it's a never-ending battle. But God made Christ, who never sinned, to be an offering for our sin. He took all of, all of that brokenness on his shoulders in order to usher in his kingdom and make things right. And through him, we become the righteousness of God. And that righteousness will not leave us unsatisfied. Amen. Amen. That's a lot. Remember that you are loved and covered in prayer. Be blessed. Thank you for spending time with us during this episode. We pray that this teaching blessed you and brought you closer to understanding God. If you'd like to contact us, please email us at corechurch242 at gmail.com. Until next time, know you are loved and covered in prayer.